If you have a copy of the scripture tonight, I want to turn to the book of Hebrews chapter number 4. Book of Hebrews chapter number 4. We'll read some verses here that's on our heart. Try to give you what the Lord's dealt with our heart about today. Trust that the Lord will help us. Realize that without His help we can't do anything. We certainly need Him in these days and in this hour. And I want to be a help to you. That's my heart's desire. To be a help to you. Bring glory and honor to the Lord. And so I'm going to have to have His help in order to be a help to you. And I trust that the Lord will help us together tonight. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's stand together if you're able and willing to do so out of honor, reverence to the reading of the Word of God. I want to read the last three verses of this chapter and then try to give you what's on our heart by the direction of the Spirit of God for this service tonight. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now, we understand in reading these verses from the book of Hebrews, we understand anybody that's read the scripture, any at all knows about the context of this book. And the fact that the apostle that is writing here under the inspiration of the Spirit of God is writing to a people who are depressed and discouraged because of the situations that they find themselves in. These Hebrew believers were facing much persecution and affliction because of their belief in Christ. And so the Lord knew that and He sent the apostle to write to them and to instruct them and to remind them that everything that they have in Christ is far superior, far better. That's going to be one of the key words of the book of Hebrews is the word better, that we have better things in Christ than they ever had in the law. And so the application is to us as well because we are not Jewish people, we're not Jews by nature, we do not have a past by uh, or living under the law, but nevertheless what we have now in Christ is far better than anything we could ever produce in our own self. Anything that the world has to offer, anything that any religious system would have to offer, it's far better in Christ. And so there are many things that this writer here under the inspiration of God is going to bring out that would compare Christ and what they have in Christ under the new covenant compared to that that they had under the law in the old covenant. And one of those things is the fact that they have a greater high priest in Christ than they did under the law, under the covenant of the Old Testament when there was a course of high priests of the tribe of Levi, the sons of Aaron, 
But here the priest, the preacher, the writer, the apostle is going to give them the understanding or remind them or bring them to the place where they recognize and realize that they have a far better high priest in Christ than any of the sons of Aaron, even Aaron himself pales in comparison. We don't have a high priest after the order of Levi or after the sons of Aaron, but we have a high priest after the order of Melchizedek without beginning of days nor ending of years. He's going to compare them to the fact that they could not continue by reason of death, that they their days were limited, their power was limited, but he's going to say in Christ, he never lived, he never began, he never will end. His days are not limited, his power is not not limited and so therefore he's a better high priest than any high priest of the Old Testament. And because we have this great high priest and you and I can take this it applies to us as well today. The writer here says seeing then that we have this great high priest that is passed into the heavens that he's not on earth he's not working with temporal things he's not visiting a tabernacle made with hands or made with men but he's passed in the heavens he's sat down on the right hand of God making intercession for us and the writer said that it's Jesus the son of God he said let us hold fast our profession he was encouraging them not to give up, not to give in. There were many of them that were giving up, many of them that were tempted to go back under the law. He said, because to be encouraged to be strengthened by the fact that our high priest is Jesus, the Son of God. He said, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And what the writer here is saying, I believe if, if you take the Scripture in its context, is the fact that many of their families no longer identified with them. Nobody else understood what they were going through. But he said we have a high priest who understands what we're going through where we are, how we're identified, how we're rejected, how we're reviled, how we're persecuted, how we're afflicted. He said we have a high priest that understands and was tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. But then in verse 16 is where my heart is tonight, if God will help us for just a few minutes. He said, let us therefore... And so the whole basis of verse number 16 is that there is a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God. And so because we have this great high priest, let us therefore. And so in verse 14 and 15, you'll find, and if you write in your Bible, be good maybe for you to underline, highlight, circle, whatever you do, those two words, we have. We have, in verse 14, a great high priest. Verse 15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So the basis of the two words in verse 16 that should be marked or noticed is, let us, because we have, then let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. I began to think about our spiritual 
privileges. We as the people of God have certain spiritual privileges. And the word privilege means a benefit that is not enjoyed by just anybody. And we have benefits according to Scripture. It said that He daily loadeth us with benefits. The Scriptures say, forget not all His benefits. And you and I as the people of God are entitled or privileged to certain things that unbelievers are not privileged to. There are certain privileges that come along with being a child of God. I believe that's what the Apostle Paul, if he's the writer, I believe him to be, but the writer here, what he's trying to convey to the Hebrews is their privileges associated with being a child of God that are not given unto us under the law. And we live so often in our life below our privileges, below the place, below the level that God has for us. We get so busy in the hustle and the bustle of this life operating and living like everybody else that we forget that we're not like everybody else. The people of God are not like everybody else. There's a difference in us. I thought about and I can't quote it. I don't think tonight, so I, I need to read it in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 33, as Moses is having this conversation with God. And in verse 16, he says, For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Moses said, you, God, is what makes a difference between us and all the other people. Our relationship with you, our kindred with you, our nearness with you, the privileges that we enjoy because of you separate us from everybody else. And too often in our life we spend all our days living like everybody else and forgetting the fact that we're not like everybody else. And I'm not talking about us. We don't have any right to look down our nose at anybody. We have no glory. We are of those, the Scripture said, who are glory in Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. What I'm preaching about tonight has nothing to do with who we are within ourselves, with what we have done, with where we have arrived. But everything I'm preaching tonight, every privilege that we enjoy is a direct basis and a direct result of the fact that we have a great high priest. It's all wrapped up in Him. It's all tied up in the person of Jesus Christ. If we didn't have Him, we wouldn't have any of these privileges that we enjoy tonight. And so I think that all, I think tonight that all the privileges that the people of God enjoy can be summed up in verse 16. He said in verse 16, Let us therefore come. We have the privilege to come. The word come here means to draw near, to approach. And see, the Old Testament was a, was a time or the message of the Old Testament was stay away, stay back, don't come too close. You're unholy and I'm holy. And so therefore, because of your unholiness, you cannot approach God. They had to have a man to approach God for them. They could not 
approach God on their own behalf or of their own self. But the New Testament call is to come. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I understand that so often that scripture is preached to sinners, but it needs to be preached and applied in its context to the people of God. To come all ye that are heavy laden, all the people of God that are bowed down with care. It's not that we have to stand off and suffer by ourselves. It's not that we have to try to figure out a way how to make it through. But we have the privilege as the people of God. It's a benefit to be a child of God that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can draw near. The writer of Hebrews said, let us draw near in full assurance with a clean heart. I'm glad tonight because of what Christ did in us, that he changed us, changed our vile nature, made us into the image of his person working on us and causing us to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so therefore, because he's our father and he's our high priest, we can come tonight. We have the privilege to come, to draw near. Draw near. James said, draw nigh to God. And he'll all the New Testament, all, especially after the Gospels, uh, at Paul's epistles and, and John and James, and they're going to preach to us and write to us about coming, drawing near unto God. That's the desire of God for his people to come what Christ said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. My yoke's easy, my burden's light, you'll find rest for your soul. I'm glad we can come. We have the privilege to come. Too often, I think, and I'll be the one to admit within myself, too often we find ourselves as a people of God uh, complaining about the days we live in, about how dark they are and hard they are and I understand all of that but thank God we're in the New Testament day and thank God we can come we're not standing on the outside you understand the people of the Old Testament spent all their days standing on the outside hoping that maybe what was going on on the inside would be fitting in the eyes of God Hoping, that's why they put them bells and them pomegranates and tied that rope around the ankle of the priest. They just hoped that everything would go okay between the priest and God on the inside. But thank God we're not standing on the outside tonight. We're not wringing and twisting our hands hoping that God will accept the sacrifice that our priest has to offer. But the Bible said he became sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and he didn't do it with the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once in the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us God was satisfied that's what the scriptures say he shall see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied said it pleased God to bruise him it, it pleased God. It fulfilled the will of God. It fulfilled the plan of God. The plan of salvation is not. Oh, we hear that term so much in our day, and I'm not falling out or getting too technical. Oh, but the plan of salvation is not really a plan. It's a person. And salvation is tied up in the person of Jesus Christ. And God didn't come up with the plan somewhere down the line. God had the plan the person was already picked out. 
they write songs and I'm not trying to fall out with people but they write songs and say something like they searched through heaven to find they never did any such thing they did, there was never any search made through heaven to find a savior there was never any question it was never up for debate the Bible said he was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world and so it's our privilege to come then he said let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. It's our privilege to obtain what God has for us. That word obtain means to lay hold on or to claim for one's own. Isn't that something tonight that we have the privilege to claim for ourselves all the things that God has for us. That we can lay hold on mercy is what the context here says. That not getting what we do deserve, that's mercy. And we can lay hold on it. It's our privilege. I'm not talking about boasting in ourselves. That's not what Paul or the writer here was talking. It's because of our great high priest. And because we're a part of the family of God. We have the privilege to obtain. And not just mercy, there are many other things that we obtain, have the privilege to obtain or to lay hold of. First Timothy 6, 12, Paul said, lay hold on eternal life. In this epistle in chapter 6 and verse 18, he said, lay hold upon the hope set before us. Thank God tonight we have the privilege to obtain. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And then he said, and find grace to help in time of need. So the privileges of the child of God are to come to obtain and to find. The word find doesn't mean to search for something that you don't know where it is. The word find means to come to know. It means to receive for oneself. Thank God tonight that we have cut because we are the child of God. We've already come to know grace. And that's in the book of Titus chapter 2. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. We've already come to know that grace as saving grace. But as we talked about not too many services ago, there's a continued work of grace. And we'll find grace to sustain us. And we'll find grace to strengthen us. We'll find grace to supply every need. And one day after a while, if time lasts, we'll find dying grace to carry us safely across the river. That's the privilege of the child of God is to find grace to help in the time of need. I'm glad that despite... He doesn't specify anything. He doesn't specify a specific type of need. He doesn't specify a specific hour of need. He just says whenever there's a need, when you find yourself in a time of need, He said, let us come boldly. Let us come. Let us obtain. Let us find. We can find grace to help us in the time of need. The privileges of the child of God. I'm glad tonight that I know about finding grace. There have been days, and you know what I'm talking about, and I'm done. I didn't have a whole lot on my heart tonight there are days when you face circumstances and situations and you wonder how it'll ever be so how it'll ever come about oh you've experienced grace in times past and grace has fixed this problem and mercy 
has overcome that problem, but this specific problem you never faced before. I'm glad the Bible said we can come and find grace again. He didn't say come find it one time. He said whenever your time of need is, whatever your need, whatever your problem, come and find grace. Come to know grace again. Be reacquainted. That's really what that word means, to be reacquainted. We were acquainted with grace when we were saved, but thank God we get reacquainted every day. I'm glad tonight for privileges. I don't always, and if you'd be honest, you don't always live as a child of God as far as our privileges go. Too often we go without coming. Too often we go without obtaining. Too often we go without finding. But I'm glad that there are privileges that we have that have been opened unto us because of Jesus Christ. Because that we're a part of the family of God We would not have these privileges were we not a part of Him and a part of His body and a part of His church. If God was not our Father, if we were not His child, these privileges would not be open unto us. And I'll say again, these privileges were not open to us by our own doing, our own might, or anything within us. It's all in Christ. And because of Him, because of this great high priest, the Scriptures say, let us come, let us obtain let us find now I'm glad there's grace the writer said for every need and his mercies the scripture said are new every morning and I'm glad if you go to bed tonight and wake up in the morning you'll find out that there will be mercy to be obtained tomorrow and grace to find and the next day there will be new mercy to obtain and new grace to find as we come under the throne of grace I'm glad tonight we're we're drawing near. We're not like Esther in the Old Testament when Mordecai came and said, you've got to go in. She said, it's not my time. I've not been invited. If I go, I'm afraid of the consequences that I'll face. I'm glad tonight we're not worried about consequences when we go to the throne. We're not worried about whether or not He'll accept us. We're already accepted. The Bible said in the Beloved, in Christ, He accepted Christ. He approves of Christ. And because Christ has been applied to us, then He approves and accepts us for Christ's sake. So we're not worried about, I thought about, and I'm done, I think, tonight. I'm just trying to bear my heart. I thought about Esther, and I wonder, it's not, it's not in there per se. The Bible said that she went and got her maidens and told them to fast and pray, and she told Mordecai to go home and him to fast and pray and to tell all the Jews to fast and pray. And I wonder what all went through Esther's mind in them days. I wonder if she sat down and worried about what she was going to say, how she was going to approach him, how what words was she going to present to him. How I mean, how unlearned maybe she was. She was a Jew. She was not brought up in this way. I mean, she was in the palace, a place she knew nothing about. And maybe she worried about how would I ever address him. And I'm glad tonight, I understand that God's God, but thank God tonight because of Christ, He's our Father. And we're not having to sit and ring and twist our hands worried about how do we address Him. What word, He's not interested in big fancy words. He's not interested in you coming and trying to tell Him something He don't know. He already knows it all. He's interested in you speaking from your heart. And I don't know what all Esther said. It's not recorded for us. The Bible just said she told the king all the things that had been brought to her attention. And I don't know if she stammered and stuttered because of his position and because of who she was and her fear. 
But I'm glad tonight we don't have to come to God in fear. We're, we're coming boldly. That's not in us, that's in Him. That's with confidence that He's able, that He's attentive, that He wants to hear what we have to say. What a privilege we have tonight to come to the throne of grace. I thought, and it keeps coming back to my mind, it has several times since that night. I don't remember what night it was that Brother Larry Winkler was preaching in Alabama. And he was preaching about Moses and the hand of God on the life of Moses. And he said, what a contrast in the life of Moses. That he was poor, out of poverty, just a child of the Hebrews of the slaves, and yet he grew up in the palace of Pharaoh. And that he was uneducated from uneducated family, but he grew up in all the wisdom of Egypt. And he went on and talked about a whole lot of things. And he got to one, and boy, it just, like the Holy Ghost just blew through for a minute. He said, and he had a stammering tongue, and yet he talked to God face to face. What a privilege. And many times I bow, and if you'd be honest, so do you, and I wonder about how to tell God, how to convey to God what's on my heart. Don't even have the words to say. That's what Moses was saying. I can't even talk to you, God. How am I supposed to talk to Pharaoh? And yet he talked to God face to face. Many times our failures and our flesh, we worry and wonder about how to approach God and how to talk to Him. It's already been given to us. We come because of the high priest. We come because Jesus, the Son of God, is sat down at the right hand and He's making intercession. It don't matter how much we stutter. It don't matter how much we stumble over our own words. It don't even matter at times that we don't even have the words to say. The Spirit itself will make intercession for us. We can talk to God. We think about Moses and I understand. The Bible said there was never another prophet like Moses. He talked to God face to face. But you and I have the privilege to talk to God the same as Moses did through the mediator, Jesus Christ. There's but one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. And I'm glad tonight that we can come, that we can obtain, and that we can find everything we need because we're a child of God and we have this privilege. Father, I thank You tonight for the privilege and the opportunity, Lord, to bow our head and call upon Your name in prayer once again.